0: Welcome to the Six Hats Podcast, where I, Dr. Shami, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Six Hats Podcast. And today who's joining me is Brendan O'Connor. He's an island-born professional performer, received his accreditation in the Netherlands, and has since settled in Melbourne. Now, during a trip to Ghana, he developed a strong interest in psychophysical direction, which led to his work in the slums of New Delhi, which sounds so fascinating and I wanna ask more. Now, Brendan also works closely with Tony Yap in an ongoing laboratory investigating internal choreography informed by Asian trans practices And during the pandemic, Brendan started working in the area of dance therapy, which will go into bringing all his experience in movement to therapy. He's also in the process of creating a program that can help anybody find their unique flow. So welcome, Brendan.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Brendan, I've got to start. I've got to ask you the question. You're growing up in Ireland. How did you get into dance?
1: I think... It was something. I'm also a qualified chef. I trained as a chef. I grew up in a village of a thousand people. My parents were butchers and uh, there was 16 pubs in this village. (laughs) Right. It was either you started drinking and you stayed in that village or you didn't and you went off and did something So I moved up to the city, up to Dublin and chefing was something that my brother did. So I was able to work as a chef and then become very independent. But when I was around 21, I had reached that stage where I was like, "Okay, I'm a qualified chef. I'm making good money. I have my own house. I have a beautiful girlfriend, a partner. But I just felt so unsatisfied. And I remember saying to this friend who was wanted to start a music career and i said you should do this you should go and do this if you really want to and in that moment i was like i have to take my own advice and so i never trained in dance but i always had a lot of energy when i went out and danced at the party and <laughs> in the pubs Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so what happened was it was kind of funny i went and i, I snuck out the door a little bit like Billy Elliot. And I did my first class. I was, a, you know, I was very afraid of what people might think. So mm. I told nobody and I snuck out the door and I'd done my first class of ballet. And I was like, this is nice, but it really didn't fit my body because I was an older body. And ballet is more for a younger person. And then I did a, a jazz class and I really found that difficult. There was a lot of coordination mm. and I was like, oh, this isn't for me. And the last class was a contemporary dance class. And it was a Spanish teacher. And I seen this woman and she flew on the ground. She was up, she was down. And I said to myself, that's what I want to do. Wow! And I talked to this woman after the class. I said, listen, I've never danced before, but I really feel like I want to go deep into this. And she said, well, actually, I'm in the only dance training for professional dancers in Dublin. And there's an audition in a month. Wow, (laughs) so I was so I was like, okay. and so I told nobody and I used to share the same room in my house with my brother. And when he was gone out to work, I pushed the bed up and I started creating a dance piece because you had to do a for the audition. You had to do a little choreography, but I'd never done choreography before. And so I just met it from the class. I, I continued to go to this teacher's class. Marianne was the name. And I did the audition and I got in. And it was a two year basic training in Dublin. Wow. College of Dance. Basic training, tap, jazz, ballet. And I never done any of these things before. And I am no coordination whatsoever. (laughs) One of those things, I suppose I had the energy and I had this passion for it. And then after those two years, because in Ireland you can't really do professional training, you can only do the basics, you had to choose where you were gonna go. So I had done auditions in London and I got into Laban, which is a very well-known school. And I also got into the Netherlands and I went to the Netherlands for four years and studied there. And yeah, that that was my basic journey, yeah. And then I specialized in dance theater. That's so inspiring
0: because from what you're saying, it was in your twenties, right? That's when you- It
1: was 21 when I started dancing, yeah.
0: Amazing. And I love yeah. how you actually mentioned you didn't have coordination.
1: I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are going to talk about.
0: So we've got this perception of dance and what, as though you need a certain type of skill set to do it. Yes. And we're going to talk about that. What actually dance does.
1: 100%. That's a big question I get every time when people see me move in a club or and a performance, they always say, how can I dance? Teach me something. And I go, nearly the first question I go is, what is your idea of dance? Because if it's a form of dance, like ballet or jazz or hip hop, I can't teach you that because Mm -hmm. I'm not a technical dancer. But if you want to find your own unique way of flowing, I can teach you that. Because there's just certain things that once you know about your body, then you can find your flow and that once you get that confidence then you can just make it bigger and yeah that became my journey to teach people how to find their own flow.
0: I love that we're sort of like changing the whole word around dance to finding your own flow, which is so much more relatable to so many people. And perhaps we haven't even thought about that. Dance is actually finding our own flow and maybe inspire others to do it. Now, before we go into that, because we want to talk more about that, tell me about dance therapy. And I'd love for you to share with my audience what dance can actually do for our mental health and how did you get into it?
1: Dance therapy for me was something I went into in the last two years, uh, specifically because I couldn't perform overseas or, you know, because of the whole pandemic. So I started moving into the therapy area because mostly I was focused on performance and touring different parts of Asia, mostly Malaysia and India and creating our own mini festivals. But I started really getting into dance therapy because I know what it did for me and I know how once I discovered this freedom in my body, it really gave opened up a lot of doors in how I live my life. And I wanted to share that with people. And so I moved into dance therapy a couple of years ago. And it's been amazing to watch how people grow in themselves through it. I think, firstly, there's a lot of isolation with people. And this brings it's the observation of dance therapy for me is a powerful tool because people can have been so isolated and are so isolated nobody really looks at them you know nobody really sometimes sees them and in that it allows for an integration of your emotions your physicality and it just adds to who you are you know so it's you become more confident. I had the last person I shared a house with, he was more like a rugby player in his youth and he was 33. And I remember having, once we started doing some of the practice, he really started realizing, We had this kind of moment of like, wow, I feel my back for the first time. So that's what it does. It allows you to really drop into yourself. So you actually know, you know, the word embodiment is very big now. And I I always like, you know, mindful embodiment. That's my area, because it's not just mindful. Mindful is a very popular world now as as well. But to me, the two of them are linked. It's mindful embodiment in my mind. And this is what I really think you get from Dance Movement Therapy. And it's taking time for yourself because you're worth it, you know.
0: Yeah. You mentioned something really, really important. That's what I've been reflecting on after a trip to India as well, especially, you know, coming back to Melbourne and, you know, I've lived in the UK as well and yeah. in the Western world, the word loneliness. And it's really interesting you say that because you mentioned something really important. No one's really looking at you. And it's so interesting coming back from India, like you're spending a month in South India, where there's so much interaction, you are literally just step out the door and you're interacting, you're having conversations with everyone and anyone from the sellers on the streets to your auto driver. But do you know what? It creates an amazing sense of community. And then I came back to work here and I go, wow, I've just driven in my car, gone to work. Yes, I've seen patients. I've driven back and I haven't really spoken to anyone. I haven't actually seen anyone. Like, you know, perhaps you go and get a coffee and say hi, but you don't really have a conversation because there's such a queue or f- for whatever reason. And you go, wow, there is an element of loneliness. I'm not lonely because I've got a community, but we just don't see people <laughs> enough. It's so interesting.
1: Yes, for sure. I mean, India is a really interesting example. I went there during my dance school. So I was training in the Netherlands. I had been dancing around five, four or five years training. I had this amazing director of the school, and I remember he came back from India. He went over to work with these uh, artists that lived in the biggest slum in Delhi, and they're all from Rajasthan, and they're all puppeteers, singers, musicians. And I remember having a conversation when he came back to the Netherlands. You know, you had a place with over a thousand students, conservatorium, an art academy, a rock academy, and like, you know, six to ten dance floors, a theater. And then people were complaining to him about like the heating of the floor. wasn't oh, on, yes. <laughs> And he just was like, he was just in another world. And that moment, really, I kind of always remember that. And I kind of said, I wonder what that was. And then I got this opportunity to go there during for as a work experience and I went over to first I worked with people who worked in the Bollywood area oh
0: cool very
1: cool Yeah, they were cool there was you know doing at that time it was the song doom which was a very popular and my friends danced in the video but they were more middle-class Indian people and I come from a very kind of like more working-class background and I was more wanting more raw energy because I never trained as a dancer. So that interested me. They were very much looking to do Western dance. And I was like, okay, I can teach some techniques and things like that. But So I ended up going to the slum.
0: Amazing. And
1: These people were raw. They were so raw. They would play drums at 10 o'clock in the morning oh, because wow. they would all perform at all different weddings across the world, like Liz Hurley. Oh. They all, yeah, when she married the Indian uh, cricketer, oh, they, awesome. they performed at her their wedding and they traveled to so many, but they were very community-oriented. There was something like 30,000 artists in oh, this one slum wow. in Delhi, which has been one of the biggest relocation of, because they wanted to move them out because of the, around the train station, they moved them. But the community was so powerful. And I brought in how I worked with the first day I was there, I I started dancing and I I was like, how do I get these people to, cause they never went to school. These boys, which were around 17, 18 to 20, and they were wild, lots of energy. Mm -hmm. I just went for this area of like some of my training in capoeira and I just done it and I, that wasn't my interest. That was just because I knew it looked visually impressive. So they would want to do that. And during those three to four months that I was there, I choreographed a piece, which was really interesting because they had never done. They had choreographed traditional dances, Rajasthani movement, Bhangra, all these different styles, but actually they never had done even contact people. So I started working in this area and I created a piece called Life is a Dance, an imaginary world without words. Wow. And it was just really successful. There was a, a Dutch woman who was uh, had a, a little kind of hospital, small, you know, and this school, she kind of met a school there, which was right in the, yeah, it was in a really difficult area, like all the rubbish and were dumped wow. from the school. Like, and, you know, so it's, yeah, it was a full on energy, but for me, it just made me come alive and I loved it. That was my experience in India. And then I went back. I'd been going back there every year for the last, just before COVID, I went for 10 years every year just to continue that practice, you know, and going there and meeting these people and just seeing where they're at. And yeah, it's amazing. Some of them went off and danced. Some of them went and became musicians, parts of, with DJs, the people I had introduced them to. So that was, that was nice to see. That was kind of a learning of when you don't know why you're doing something, but you do it, and it has this knock-on effect. So when you do something from your heart and you truly believe in it, it it's the right choice for you.
0: That's incredible. It has such, a knock-on. such wise words, such wise words, Brendan. Now, Brendan, i love to, Talk to me more about your program, which is an online program for yeah. Adults. Yeah,
1: the program was, it happened about a year and a half ago. I got a an injury, a meniscus tear, and someone that loves to move and can't over, I can always move, there's always a way, but to the depths I would like to at this moment, I just took that energy and I started, how do I push? all this knowledge that I've gained over the last 20 years in movement into a program that could be possible for anyone to find their own unique flow. And so I have been very fortunate. I've worked with like Dr. Tony Yap. He's the foremost expert in trance states. I would say his story is very unique. He came from Malaysia over 45 years ago. He was head graphic designer in Melbourne University, and he started dancing in his late 20s. Wow. So he never danced as such, never trained as a dancer. But in his 40s, he became male dancer of the year in Australia. And he won an award for male dancer. Yeah, and his stage is what I've been practicing for on and off. It's the capacity to walk on stage, improvise, open to the audience, look at them and allow that interaction to move you. And so I wanted to share this with people. I wanted to do it in my version from my experiences. And yeah, I made this very simple program, more video modules, and it allows people the freedom to do it at their own pace. So the first program that'll be finished in about a month, it basically is like your do-it-yourself kit. And you go through the six modules, there's lots of video there of people in different states. And I talk about my experience of how to get you into these deep states and understanding aspects of knowing when you're thinking in your dance. Mm,
0: because if you so know true. when you're
1: thinking, then there's a good chance you're not truly embodied. Right. And so that's a great awareness to have. If you know when you're thinking in your movement, then you can find, you can go back to a state of finding your embodiment again and then moving from there. And so this is all these things. So the program is very flexible like that. You know, it's a very, it's a unique thing. It kind of shares a lot of different stories like my travels in Malaysia from the, in a with the Tamir tribe that was a the indigenous people of Malaysia doing ceremonies with them. Also, I've worked a lot in central Java with Banting, which is a bull trance. And I'm, we were one of the first Westerners to ever do this trance. And it's a beautiful story. The bull trance of Indonesia, it had died out. And the shaman who is a Gus, which is all highlighted in my program, he brought the trance back. And the reason they brought it back was because they found, and this links it up to what we were talking about in the beginning, It they found that the younger people were losing themselves and getting kind of distracted. And this brought it into a sense of community. And so when you see, and it's very important to have that community because that allows the induction for people to go really deep. And so, yeah, they opened the space up. And they have massive cauldrons of incense, frankincense. And uh, the shamans will come out. And it starts off with the basics of a martial arts, just movement. And then what happens is when the shamans come out, they will start cracking the whip, the cracking of the whip, and also the uh, the, the sound of the drums faster than the heartbeat. This gets you out of your thinking and gets you into the body. So we were very fortunate. We, we'd been doing this for over 10 years and we were the first Westerners to do this. And when I first seen that, that changed my whole concept because I had come from the Western way of dance, learning technique mm. and all this. And then I realized at that, that moment when I seen someone possessed by the spirit of an animal, I was like, I'm thinking and I am not truly embodied. And it became my obsession and my love to how do I get out of my thinking? How can I trust in the unknown to allow? And yeah, and so that became my practice. And even though I don't have like, it's not my culture and, you know, bull trance, I have my own animal that I come into because that came out for me. There's a bit of a story about I had this dream and I don't really remember my dreams. I never, I've never really been good at remembering, but I remembered this dream of, it was a a wolf shaman, whatever that was, you know, came in and he had the full headgear and he was doing this movement, I'll always remember it. And then what happened was a week later, I had another dream and it was another shaman, wolf shaman. And the, the shaman from the first dream came in and said, this guy is a fake. You have to, you know. So, so this led me on a journey of, what is this? What is this for me? And then when I was, after the second year, after I went back to bull trance and I had done some journeying in ayahuasca psychedelics, I had fully embodied the spirit of a wolf. I, oh. you know, and, and that, you know, and I went to the bull trance and we had this carnival and there was uh, fifty groups. We were in the middle of the streets, so they had done it through the whole city center and people on about 35,000 people watching. And then in the midst of that, I just broke into trance and I was like totally animal. And it's, it's difficult to get into them states, but I couldn't, I wasn't thinking. My body was just totally possessed by the spirit, which was so afterwards, I felt so relief. I have felt like my physicality and my emotions were really balanced because the area in the world we live in, there's a lot of no way, especially in the West, to allow out this sense of your animal nature, you know, and we all have it in us. But there's a lot of conformity in the West Mm. and a lot of control. And it's like you have to... And I see it a lot for men in particular, you know, there was certain clear roles many years ago and that's all changed now. And it's great. It's great. But there's a loss there. You know, what is it to be a man in a sense? I see a lot of confusion there for a lot of people. So to me, the bull trance was like a rite of passage and it gave me very clear passage understanding of who I was. Yeah.
0: Amazing story, Brandon. And um, I'd love to move on to where when you were talking about finding your flow. So for our listeners, how can we even start with finding our flow? What kind of tips can you give us?
1: Oh, 100%. One of the things is our eyes, you know, people talk about the eyes, but you eat with your eyes, you know, in food, you eat with your eyes. People are very eye oriented And so, but when you look out and you see people, there's, I see a lot of self-consciousness. So for me, if, when people come to me at the party and say, how can I move? I say, well, do you notice when you open your eyes and then you get self-conscious and they go, yeah, well, normally what happens is I'll show you. I'll give you an example. Normally people are moving, you know, they have their eyes. They're in their own little world and it's very beautiful. And then what happens is they open their eyes. And as you can see, the body stiffens Mm. and in the West in particular, we're very into, we have to understand it in the mind cognitively, and then we have to, we try to bring it into the body. And that's one way of doing it, but something can come from, so I like this area of when you have this looseness in the neck and you keep the neck moving and then you slowly open the eyes. It keeps the flow of it and that allows the sense of embodiment without. And on the outside, when you see that, then you don't see the stiffness. So a lot of the time when you see people move in the West, they think movement and there's a lot of shoulders and hands, but then they don't think of the legs. The legs can move, you know, in many different ways. So a lot of the movement we come, I would do is coming from the feet. You know, I move up there and I allow that to move through me. You know, like the first, the, the meaning of dance, uh, Flemish word, French word, an old French word was vibrations or small jumps in Chinese. So it's this area of like flamenco, ta So it's like that, but it's not ta up here unless you choose for that, it's die from your feet and that allows from the core to come out. And so these are just little things that once you know, knowing that if you can keep the neck moving and the rest of the body stiff, if you're losing this, you can always close your eyes again, and bring it back to yourself
0: that's incredible. And, and yourself. So,
1: yeah. So incredible. that's some of the things. That, I mean, in the program, it's really broken down a lot and it's it's very straightforward and The beautiful thing is you don't have to do it every day. It's something that you want to create your own practice. And so it's just a movement practice for your own integration of your body. And you learn to just, oh, that's what's in my body today. So I create frameworks. I like to dance in because of the program. I I like the idea of dancing in a two by two meter imaginary box. And this allows for, you know, especially with COVID, we had the 1.5 thing. So I kind of just extended that. Okay, you can dance in any (laughs) space once you allow your, it's about retraining the mind and letting go of what you think movement is and just be going, I want to move my own unique flow for me because that's why I want to do it. You know, and once you have the confidence, it looks beautiful in that, you know.
0: Amazing, Brendan. So fascinating, so inspiring. And before we let you go, where can people find you? And I know I'll add in the links to the show I'm notes. very well. kind.
1: Yeah, you can go on my website. It's com. Everything is there. And you send me a message, you know? I really want to spread this program to the world, you know? I think how it benefited me over the years, coming from my kind of humble beginnings, to have the movement practice, the confidence in my body, it has changed my whole life. I really want this program to reach a lot of people. I even offer, in that program, I offer a one hour free consultation with me at any time online. So once the program, and if you felt like, oh, I went through the program, but I'm a bit unsure, I will go through it with you for one hour because, our, you know, this is incredible. All the people I've come across, it has already changed their life, you know, because this is, yeah, it's a very powerful thing. That's why sometimes, you know, I don't even, for certain people, I won't even use the word dance because that can frighten them away, you know? So I'll just say it's a movement practice, you know? Love it. Thank you so much, Brendan. Thank you so much, Shami, it's a pleasure. Thank you, anytime, yeah. I look forward to hearing from you again, yeah? Absolutely.
0: Remember that this is general advice only. Please see your healthcare professional for more information. So what's your take home message today? Remember, it's all about progress and not perfection. And are you suffering from stress? Visit Usawa Learning Hub on usawa.com.au and sign up for the six week challenge on how to reduce stress today. Enjoy the journey.